Grace and peace this evening, brothers and sisters in Christ. Great to see everybody here. Some people that I'm still meeting for the first time. Also, I'm very happy to see you here tonight also. And may God bless and we just enjoy our time together in God's word this evening. As Ron saying, count your many blessings. It's a great blessing that we have to count when we have the opportunity to be together in the Lord. Amen. And all the blessings that are in our Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior as well. You know, thinking about this evening, what to talk about, and going throughout the week, somebody just was on my heart to think about them. One person in the Bible that we all know of, and and we have a lot of different thoughts about them, perhaps. And one thing we know for sure, it was a a person that everybody was like, I would say if I was him, was probably thinking, yep, that was me. And I'm trying to think about us, thinking about our lives, and thinking the things that we've done. Have you ever had anything... Where you started and you weren't able to finish it? Man, how does that make you feel? It doesn't make you feel good, right? You start something, you give something to it, and you're not able to finish it. Like Tim said, there are things that happen like that, right? Now imagine somebody investing time in you, investing their lives in you, and wanting them, and, and you go along with them, and they're expecting these things to happen, and then you go along, and then when they go along, then you decide, I can't do it i got to leave. I'm not able to do it. Yeah, you're thinking, well, well, who? nobody wants to be that person, right? You know what? The Bible has somebody that was that person. John Mark. John Mark in the Bible. And I want us to look at this man and to see his growth and see where he was at and where he came from and what happened in his life and see what happens at, closer, as we tell, at the end of his life or at the end of Paul's life as well. But I think we all have perhaps a feeling of John Mark sometime or another in our lives. Just for us to know a little bit of who he is and what's going on, in Acts chapter 12, starting in verse 14, in verse 12, we understand that Paul was there with a, Paul was there when Peter's miraculous escape from prison. Peter was in prison. Remember, they'd already killed James. And they were going to be ready to kill Peter the next day. And then during the night, the angel, the angel appeared to him. And as he went through the gates and went home, Peter came out of it. And then when he came to, whoa, okay, I really am out of jail. Where is it says he wants to go? It says in Acts chapter 12, verse 12, verse 11. Then Peter came to himself and said, Now I know without a doubt that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from Herod's clutches and from everything the Jewish people were hoping would happen. When this had dawned on him, okay, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark, where many people had gathered and were praying. Peter knocked at the outer entrance and a servant named Rhoda came to answer the door. When she recognized Peter's voice, she said, overjoyed, she ran back without opening it and exclaimed, Peter's at the door. And some people say, you don't know what you're talking about, Rhoda. Then she goes back, she opens the door and there he is. And Peter talks about what had happened to him. And where is he when he's talking about He's at the house of Mary, the mother of John, also called Mark. And this is the first time that we see him mentioned in the Bible. And we see what kind of family he came from. Imagine, he's coming from a family that loves God, that loves Christ. Peter said, hey, this miraculous happened. I'm going to Mary's house. I'm going to go let her know because who is there? The church is there. Brothers and sisters in Christ are there. Those who were praying for his escape, for him to come out. And so John Mark, early in his life, 
sees Peter come to his house and explain what God had done. And we can understand a lot of times people believe from this point is when John Martin said, I want to know this Christ even more so. And many say that this is where, when 1 Peter chapter 5, that Peter calls Mark his son because it was his son in the faith, just as Paul would say about Timothy, or Paul would say about Silas, my son, my co-worker in the faith. So this man, John Mark, comes from a family rich in history, rich of a godly family, doing godly things. And he's a, he, he's a, he has an opportunity that not all of us had. In our lives. But he had this great opportunity. And so he's there and he's listening. And then it goes on talking about things that had happened. And then also Paul and Barnabas are going to come on the scene. And then when we get to Acts chapter 12, verse 25, after, after Herod dies, after he goes on there and he dies because of his pride. Then it says here in chapter 12, verse 24, But the word of God continued to spread and flourish. When Barnabas and Saul had finished their mission, they returned from Jerusalem, taking with them John, also called Mark. Now in the church in Antioch, there were prophets, teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, Lucius, Manian, and Saul. So they were there. Part, Peter, imagine, imagine John Mark, the people that he's meeting. He met Peter at his house. And now he's with Paul and Barnabas. And if you know Paul and Barnabas, they're going to go on this mission. And everybody's going to know about this great mission team of partnership between Paul and Barnabas. And in Matthew, in Acts chapter 13, now Paul and Barnabas are going to be set aside for a mission. But you know who they're going to take with them? Look who they're going to take in Acts chapter 13, verse 4. The two of them. Sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John was with them as their what? Helper. Okay? Great. Man, if that's all we knew about John, he had a great life, didn't he? He knew Peter. Peter came to his house right after he got out of jail. Hey, can you imagine the story he could say? You know about Peter getting out of jail? You know where he came? Yeah. yeah. Into my house. Came to my mom's house, and I was there, and I heard it. Whoa, I'm somebody, okay? Not only that, when Paul and, Saul, Paul and Barnabas want to go up to Jerusalem, hey, let's take this John Mark along with us. And not only that, after they've been called out for the ministry, Paul and Barnabas, they decide to take John Mark with them as well as a helper. Now, some say that probably could be perhaps why things aren't going to work out because God actually set out Paul and Barnabas, okay? But they chose Mark, John Mark, to go with them. And this is a great opportunity to see great how great his preparation was and everything that he had. He was young. He had a good family. He had everything going for him. He was a helper of Paul and Barnabas, And then something happens. We don't really know what happened. But something happens along this journey that's going to cause some things to change. Something's going to happen in Acts chapter 13. When we go in Acts chapter 13 and verse 12, it's going to say this verse here. Well, actually, I'm in the wrong verse here. Let me get to the right verse here, okay? (laughs) I was in the wrong one, okay? But look what it says here. When it's talking about them at this, Paul is going on in his journey. And as they go along, something happens very big. And it says this in these verses here. 
in Acts 15. Okay? And it says here. Actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me get back to where I was at. Okay? In Acts chapter 13, as Paul and Barnabas are going along in their mission, what happens along the way? John Mark leaves them and goes back where? Home. John Mark goes back home. It says, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. From Perga, they went on to Pisidian Antioch. Now, the question is, what happened? What was going on in Acts chapter 13 and verse 13? He had already started off with them. John Mark had all of this great background. And then all of a sudden, while they're on this mission, he leaves. Okay? Nothing else says about it. Even if we read just that, it's still okay, right? Hey, John Mark went back home, to, went back to Jerusalem. But what was he? He was Paul and Barnabas' helper, right? And so their helper, the one they decided, hey, we need you along with us on this trip, on this mission trip that we've been set to do. This helper decides, I'm going home. I'm leaving this work that I'm going with you. Wonder what was going through John Mark's mind. And I can't pick his mind for you, okay? Perhaps it was the very first time that he was leaving his family to truly go out and spread the gospel. And perhaps he saw that the names of Peter, Paul, and Barnabas, great names, maybe he wanted to have his name big as well. And then he started realizing, you know what, there's lots of persecution along the way with this. There's lots of what? Hard work that needs to be done. And maybe he was just a little bit homesick. I want to go home to Mama, where I had that, star, that, that popularity, where I had that family name. Whatever it was, he left at that moment. Now, if we leave it at that story right there at that time, though, we don't know. We just see that it says here that he went back home to Jerusalem. But we can understand something big happened. Because what happens in Acts chapter 15? Paul and Barnabas are going to come back from that mission trip that they were going on where John Mark had left them and went back to Jerusalem. They're going to talk about circumcision in Acts chapter 15 because of the Gentiles who had come into faith and saying that they did not have to be circumcised just as they were. And so as they're telling the stories and they're trying to resolve this, they get it resolved. And they are ready to go on a new mission journey. Paul and Barnabas. Look what happens here in Acts chapter 15 when we see this moment here in verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, Let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preached the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Great. Right? Great. Awesome. And then something, a comment is made that maybe Paul wasn't ready for. Barnabas is there, and we're going to understand that's his cousin, okay? John Mark, okay? And Colossians is going to talk about that. But it says here, Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. Okay, well, okay, yeah, he he went home the next time, but he'll go with us now. But Paul did not think it wise to take him. Because he had deserted them in Pamphylia, 
and had not continued with them in the work. Now we can understand a little bit more. He went home to Jerusalem. And here it says, because he deserted them. He deserted them. He left the work to go back home. And Paul's saying, I don't think it's wise to take him. Barnabas is saying, I want to take him. And I think there's a little bit of a family connection there too, right? Hey, he's my cousin, okay? Give him another chance. But what happens? Now you imagine the fame already of Paul and Barnabas, this missionary couple. They had already gone to Iconium where one said there was Zeus and other was Apollos, the chief speaker. Two people working together in such a way that God was doing great things through both of them. And then all of a sudden, the idea of John Mark, this guy that we meet back in Acts chapter 12, Barnabas says, I want to take him along. And Paul says, I don't think it wise to take him along. And then until what point this gets to, look in verse 38. They had such a sharp disagreement that they parted company. Can you imagine that? They parted company. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. But Paul chose Silas and left commended by the believers to the grace of the Lord. Now I want us to think about it. A sharp dispute, sharp disagreement that they parted company. Okay? Now imagine this. Imagine you being John Mark. Imagine you going back home. Did you hear, okay, first of all, in his life, remember, did you hear Peter got out of that prison? Oh, yeah. He went to my house. That's where he was. Oh, yeah, I was with Paul and Barnabas. Now imagine John Mark now going home or hearing things. Did you hear Paul and Barnabas broke up this great missionary couple? The missionary partners in Christ, they broke up. Why? Because of John Mark. Oh. Can you imagine being the person walking around and people saying to you, Hey, you're the one that broke up Paul and Barnabas. That's not easy, is it? When you think of Paul and Barnabas together. In fact, you won't see much talked about Barnabas after this point, okay? But you're going to see Barnabas' work after this point, okay? But you're going to think about this. Put yourself in the position of John Mark. You who have grown up in the church, who have had the opportunity to have preachers and people come into your house, and you have grown up with those opportunities... Imagine you going off and getting your opportunity, and the very first time you go, you say, I don't want it. I'm going back home. Now, that's already a hard feeling too, right? Because you know people were praying for you, thinking of you. Now, if we have the mindset of maybe Mark, this Mark, not John Mark, okay? I would probably think, I'm good for nothing. I am not able to do anything. Look, I had all of this, went with Paul and Barnabas, left, and now John, now Barnabas wants to take me, and now they got in such a sharp, sharp disagreement, Paul and Barnabas aren't together anymore. All of these things, all of these emotions happening in the life of John Mark. And perhaps you've gone through something like that before. Perhaps we've decided, uh-oh, well, you know what? I did something wrong. I didn't do it. I gave up. And now I can either have a pity party for the rest of my life or I can do something about it, right? 
We can do something about it. Now, I want us to think just a little bit about these three people. And I want us to think about what's going to happen after this moment. Now, I want us to think about this and things that are very important for us to understand. Sometimes we goof up. And sometimes we mess up. And sometimes when those things happen, people are going to look at us and blame you or blame us, blame who you are for things that happen. Well, those things are already in the past, okay? If it happened, it happened. But now I want us to think about these people here, Paul, John Mark, and Barnabas. What can we learn from them in this study that we're looking at right now? Maybe you messed up in your life. And maybe people look at you and say, yeah, you are a messed up person. Maybe people were looking at John Mark and say, man, he messed up. He had all of this and he messed up and he messed up big. And now he's even broken up Paul and Barnabas. Okay? But I want us to look and see that God doesn't give up on us. God wants to work in us. And when things like this happen, don't think that it's the end. Don't think that you're good for nothing. Satan wants to tell you and accuse you that you are good for nothing. Just as we talked about, I don't know, some Wednesday night class or something. Somebody was talking about that. Maybe it was Tim preaching this morning. I don't know. But saying, when you are accusing yourself, that is Satan talking to you. Okay? Thinking about that idea, thinking about that thought. But what goes on to happen in the life of Paul, of Barnabas, And John Mark after this point. Well, Paul is going to go continue doing his mission work. Barnabas, we're not even going to hear much about anymore. But we are going to hear a little bit about John Mark. And the first thing that I want us to think about, John Mark. This happened probably around 50 AD. Ten years later, sometime afterwards already, Paul's going to write to the church in Colossians. And he's going to say in chapter 4, verse 10... My fellow prisoner Aristarchus sends you his greetings, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. What can we learn from Paul in this passage? The first thing that I want us to learn is don't let your first impression be your last impression. Don't let it be. You know what? We don't know why John Mark went back the first time. Paul said he, we, he deserted us. And he could have said, John Mark is good for nothing. But with time and with example, he says, John Mark talking four years later, as does Mark, the cousin of Barnabas. Mark is preaching the gospel. Amen. Mark is in chains for the gospel of Christ. John Mark. And he becomes more known as Mark after this moment in Acts 15 also. But he is there with them. And look what Paul says. You have received instructions about him. If he comes to you, welcome him. Why do you think he had to write that? Okay. Oh, John Mark. You're the one that Paul didn't want to take. Well, if Paul didn't want you, we don't want you. Well, guess what he's saying? Paul said, you've received instructions about him. If he comes, welcome him. Okay? Don't let your last impression be your, I mean, your first impression be your last impression. Be willing to think that people can change. People can change. And accept that people can change. 
Did Paul accept that Mark changed? Could he accept it and said, okay, at that time, really, that's what I thought. But now I see in Mark somebody different. Somebody that I want along with me. Somebody that gives me comfort. Or somebody that when he goes, hey, you listen to him. You've received instructions about him. He is a faithful servant of God. And look what he also goes on to say in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 9 through 13. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and has gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Dalmatia, however you want to say it. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. Can you imagine? Wait a minute. This Paul from Acts chapter 15, by the end of Acts, is wanting this John Mark with him, this Mark guy? Yes. He was willing to accept that Mark changed. And he was saying, you know what, at that time I didn't, but now he is. And not only did Mark become what? It says, first of all, welcome him, brothers, as I gave you instructions. But I want him with me because he's going to be useful in my ministry. Now, that's pretty hard. That's a, that's a pretty big concept to think. Think of somebody that you wanted to help you in some kind of ministry. And they started helping you. And for some reason, they stopped helping you. And then a lot of times, well, I'm going to write that person off. Man, that is a, a, that is a big temptation. Okay, that is. I'm going to write that person off. Never going to ask for help from that person again. But look what he says here. Paul, with time, saw something different in Mark. And he was willing to accept that people can change. So maybe that person who wasn't ready at that time may be ready now. So be willing to change. If somebody brings up somebody, you say, hey, I believe this person would be good in that ministry. Well, we tried it once with them. That person's not going to make it. Let's try giving it another chance. It's hard. I can't imagine. I, it's hard for me to think going to Brazil and if somebody was to come and then they didn't do their work and then they decided, hey, I'm just going to leave. Would I really want to be wanting that person to come again? No, probably. Okay, I'm talking about me. But God says, no, people can change. People can be moved. People can grow. And they can be. Can you imagine somebody that you think may not be useful to your ministry right now? Maybe the very person that's most useful to your ministry. That's an amazing thought to think about. Can you think about Paul when he wrote, wrote Philemon talking about Onesimus? Onesimus, he was not useful to you, but now he is useful, not only to you, but to me. People can change, and they can change for good. But we need to be able and accept that people can change for the good. We already, it's easy to accept when cheap people change for the bad, right? Oh, well, that person went off their rocker, they're gone. It's easy to exclude, but it's hard to bring back in. Lord God, help me, help Mark, this Mark. To be able to be willing to be like Paul, to say, hey, you know what? Maybe at that time it wasn't right, but this man, this person has changed. And that person can be useful in my ministry. I'm struggling with that right now, thinking of some things and different things in my life, okay? But the idea of that is what we want to leave with that 
at this moment. First, if you've been in the position of Paul, be willing like Paul to be able to change your idea and accept that people can change and they can be useful to your ministry. The second person that we want to think about is Barnabas. Man, Paul and Barnabas, a team that went and went and the gospel was spreading wherever they were and whatever they were doing, the gospel was spreading through all the people to everybody they were going to and the numbers were growing and they were ready to go again, to go, to, go through those churches, strengthen them and then continue growing churches and continuing preaching the gospel together as a team. But yet after that moment, we don't hear anything else about Barnabas. And we understand that God wants to focus on Paul from his missionary journeys. But Barnabas, what we want to think about him, what does it say in Acts chapter 15 when we think about this? Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark. Barnabas was willing to give somebody a second chance. We need to be willing to give somebody a second chance. But more than that, Barnabas was known as the son of what? Encouragement, right? The son of encouragement. And Barnabas, being a man of encouragement, and also John Mark being his cousin, and with the sharper disagreement between him and Paul, he said, we will go to Cyprus, and you, and, and you select someone to go with you, and he would select Silas. What can we learn from Barnabas? We talked about, with Paul, accepting the fact that people can change. Okay? Accepting that fact. That's kind of like forgiving, right? Or, or, or taking away all of those things. But now I want us to think about Barnabas. Having faith in people that they can change. Accepting that people can change from Paul. And having faith that people can change from Barnabas. Barnabas, for sure, known as the son of encouragement, on his missionary journeys encouraged this young man, John Mark. Encouraged him to the point that 10 years later, we understand that John Mark did not desert them, was not in Jerusalem, but he was in prison with Paul because of the gospel of Christ. The power of believing in someone. There might be somebody out here who's messed up and goofed up. And there might be a lot of Pauls here that says, that person's done with. That person needs a Barnabas in their life. Are you ready to be a Barnabas for that person who's messed up? Who may have given up or may have done something that they shouldn't and where people just look at you as, well, that's just not good. That person's just not going to work out. When you see somebody like that, God may be calling you to be a Barnabas for that person. And then you know what's going to happen? You know what's going to happen, Chuck? You're going to stay and encourage that man, that woman. Good luck. Is that really going to happen? Is Is that even possible? And you can say, yes, I believe it is. And I'm going to invest time. I'm going to invest my life to see that that person is encouraged. Encouraged not to give up. Encouraged... Not to let all of those things above them take them down to where they don't want to do anything. I think John Mark, I'm talking about myself now, in my position, I would have been so depressed at everything that had happened with my life, I think I would have probably just said, I don't want to do any more. I'm just going back home. 
And probably I think nobody is ever going to even want to talk to me and ask me to do anything again. Boy, it's good that we have Barnabases in our life, isn't it? Somebody to encourage us. If you're here and you feel that way, like nobody's here for you, I want you to know we want, and I pray that God will bring a Barnabas into your life to encourage you to know that, yes, you can. Don't give up. Okay? So what can we learn from Paul? First thing that we said, accept that people can change. What can we learn from Barnabas? Having faith that people can change. And John Mark is the example saying, what? John Mark, God is not finished working on you. Man, I'm sure he felt the pain, the pressure of all of those things. Being heard that way. In fact, when Paul writes his letter, he's probably knowing that John Mark is receiving a lot of heat because of the things that happened in the past. Because of the argument between Paul and Barnabas at that time in their sharp dispute over him. Be willing to forgive yourself. You know what? Sometimes that's the hardest thing to do, right? The hardest thing to do is be willing to forgive yourself. Lord God, I can't blame anybody. I can't blame Paul and Barnabas. I can't blame my parents. I can't even blame Satan. Lord God, I messed up. As it says here, it says he deserted the work. God, I've deserted you. But you're not giving up on me, Lord. Thank you for Barnabas. And Lord God, may I take this moment here, not to look at it as a discouragement, but as a challenge, challenge to grow, to mature, to become better than who I am. You know what? John Mark had to be willing to learn from others. He learned from Barnabas. John Mark went with Barnabas. And where they went, for sure, he looked at the model of Barnabas in his life. Be willing to forgive yourself, as we said earlier. And remember that God is always wanting to work on you. You know what? I love this man called John Mark. Later known just as Mark. Not because of my name, okay? Of course, it's pretty neat also, okay? But God really shows that in that one situation, they could have dwelled on that for the rest of their lives about that one argument, but they didn't. Everybody moved on, right? Paul moved on, Barnabas moved on, John Mark moved on. And all three of them were glorifying God. And all three of them, God worked through all three of them to bring something about amazing. Because what we understand from most people that we understand, the gospel of Mark that we have in the Bible was written by John Mark. John Mark, the guy who caused Paul and Barnabas to leave, the guy who had deserted, is now the author of the gospel of Mark. So when Mark writes his gospel, and he writes about the power of God in Mark chapter 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, all of them, about the power of God. And when Mark talks about go and preach the gospel to all creation, baptizing them, uh, not in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, because that's in Matthew 28, baptizing them in the name of Jesus, go, go, go and make disciples, 
of all nations, all, go and preach all creation. He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Who he does not believe will not be saved, okay? I had to say it that way real quick to get it out the right way, okay? So what I just want us to think about is this John Mark, who is at his home with his family, who had this hard, very difficult moment in his life, grew from it. He became one of those who left us a message about the man, the Lord, the God, our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. God can do extraordinary things, extraordinary things to ordinary people, right? God can do extraordinary things to imperfect people. If we continue to learn from our mistakes, if we continue to grow, God will do amazing things through us. Let's be ready when those things come. To accept those who may have left, gone off but come back and are strong in the Lord. Let's have faith that people can change. And let's be like John Mark in this moment. And be willing to forgive ourselves and continue walking, on the, walking the walk in our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. There's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Man, that is so true. There is no one like Jesus. Jesus loves you unconditionally. Jesus gave his life so that you may have life eternal. Jesus gave his life to say, Ronald Carson, I love you. I want you in Christ. Jesus gave his life and says, hey, Janice, you may have messed up, but I love you. And I'm giving my life for you. Just like you. Not anything, not anything personal, okay, Janice? Okay, she's looking at me real weird, okay? But what I want us to say and what I want us to remember today, that in this case, in this man, John Mark, read about him. Learn from him. And man, if you've messed up, saying, Lord God, I don't, there's nothing else that I can do. God said, no, I can do amazing things through you. So give your life to the Lord this evening, if you haven't yet, and allow God to work in your life. And if you've given your life to the Lord and you realize, man, I have messed up. And I need the prayers of the church, and I want to grow, and I want Lord to use me as His vessel, as his, uh, being a, uh, as we are jars of clay before Him. I want God to work on me, Lord God, work on me in such a way that those who doubt me can see the change. Work on me in that way, Lord, that those who think, well, who is this person coming up here doing this? Lord God, give me the strength to say, yes, I have changed. And just like Paul said in St. Corinthians chapter 7, when they came back to the Lord, he says, they did everything with even much more desire to see that righteousness was done. Lord God, may people see in my life a life that's been changed totally through your gospel. A life has been changed through your mercy and your grace. Even though I messed up, Lord, you allowed me to come back from that. You allowed me to stand up. You allowed me to work through it. And here I am today. Let's be a model for those around us. Look at that person and think of that person who needs a Barnabas in their life right now. Be that Barnabas. And if you're that John Mark and you need the prayers of this church right now, we want to pray for you because we know that God has the power to change us. God has the power to transform us through his spirit. There is no friend like our lowly Jesus. If you need him, come to him tonight as we sing to him. We hope by listening to this lesson, you have found a better understanding of the Bible. And through that better understanding, find a closer relationship with God and his son, Jesus Christ, our living Savior. If you have any questions or desire more information, please feel free to contact us here at the Dangerfield, Texas Church of Christ. You can find us at dfield.org. That's D F 
I E L D C O C dot O R G. Or you can email at dfieldcoc779 at aol.com. Or you can call us at 903-645-2896. If you are local to the Dangerfield area, we would love an opportunity to meet you and encourage you in person at 818 West W.M. Watson Boulevard, Dangerfield, Texas. 75638. Our meeting times are Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. for Bible class and 10.30 a.m. for worship service, Sunday evening at 6 p.m. for worship service, and Wednesday evening at 6.30 p.m. for our midweek Bible class. Grace and peace be with you always.